Chapter Six of Mothering on Perilous by Lucy Furman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: A Trade and Other Matters. Saturday night. Mrs. Sawyer came in Thursday, bringing some large pokes of beans, a gift to the school, and a saddle-bag full of apples for her boys. Next morning, while supervising bed-making, I happened to glance into the box on the wall where Keats had put the apples the night before, and to my surprise saw they were all gone. We et half of em off and on in the night, and Keats traded to other half off to Geordie before we got up, explained Hen. The three occupy the same bed. On my idle inquiry as to what Geordie gave for them, Keats produced with pride a mangy little purse, about the size of a dollar, looking as if it had been well chewed. "'Why, that wasn't a fair trade,' I said. "'One apple would have been all that purse was worth. I must speak to Geordie about that.' Of course, in the rush later, I forgot. Moses and Zachariah, having departed without farewells later in the day, I gave Geordie permission next morning to go to an uncle's over on Bald Eagle and bring back his elder brother Absalom to the school. Before leaving, he gave me his hand to be back before the sunball draps this evening. The sunball drapped and rose and drapped again, however, before he returned. And last night, as the boys were starting to bed, Philip asked me if I knew how much Geordie had made on those apples he traded Keats out of. He sold seven to the day schools for a cent apiece, and six to the manual trainer for a dime, and three to Talby for a big ginger cake he brung with him, and I give him a good tall for a couple more, and he traded the two little wormy ones that was left to Keats for a purse. What purse? I inquired. That air one Keats swapped him all the apples for at first. The one you said weren't worth more'n one apple. Keats told him you said so, and he said he would prove it were by giving Keats two down for it, if he wanted, and Keats was glad to make the trade. "'Do you mean to tell me,' I asked, "'that Geordie made seventeen cents, a ginger cake, a taw, and the purse out of that trade, and Keats lost everything but two wormy apples?' Philip scratched his head thoughtfully. "'By grab! He skinned the little sowyer, didn't he? Gee, I wished I was a born trader like him. Daggone his old soul. When Geordie returned tonight with Absalom, his jaw was tied up in a red bandana. He wore a look of patient suffering, and explained that he had had such a sorry time with toothache he could not return yesterday, indignantly repudiating Philip's suggestion that he had just wanted to stay and see a big time with the Yonces and drink their moonshine. Later, when, while filling a hot water bag for him, I regretfully spoke to him on the subject of cheating in trades. He was deeply hurt, said he had traded the apples back to Keats only to favor him, and confided in me that he aimed to be a preacher when he growed up. Sunday Night During the ear-washing this morning, I had another round with Philip, whose ears are always the grimiest, hair the most unkempt, clothes the most tattered. "'Philip,' I said with a groan, "'you could be the handsomest boy on the place if you only would.' He replied contemptuously, "'Handsome never earned his salt. When a man steps in the door, looks flies up the chimney.' In the midst of our altercation, Absalom sauntered into my room, took his stand before my mirror, and proceeded to give his hair a good dressing with my brush and comb. 
Later, as I saw Geordie walking to church with the Bible under his arm, heard his heartfelt singing of the hymns, and watched his pious, soap-shining face, I wondered I could ever have thought he meant to cheat anybody. The Trojan War made fine progress tonight. It is only on Saturday and Sunday nights that we can have stories, as other evenings must be spent in study. From the first, Killis has identified himself with his famous namesake, while Nucky has as inevitably taken sides with the Trojans and Hector. So much so that the boys call him Trojan. This evening he was scathing in his denunciation of Achilles. Gee, he said, I wish them Greeks had had a man along. Now, if Blant had a been there, you'd a seed some fighting. He wouldn't have sold around in no tent none. He'd a got the drap on Hector Allis ago, same as he done on Elhannon and Todd and Dalt Cheever when they laywayed him in April. He was riding along past the cliff where they was hid in the bushes, and heard the click of the lock when Elhannon cocked his trigger, and whirled around and poured six bullets into him before they could fire their guns, killing Elhannon and very nigh killing t'other two. Wednesday. I expected that with Irie's abilities in the way of spelling, he would be the pride and prodigy of the school. But I am pained to learn from his teacher that he can do nothing but spell. It seems that in the five-month district school he has attended three terms over on Rakeshin, nothing was taught but reading and spelling. Two lessons a day in the former, two in the latter. Thus does our noble commonwealth do her duty when she does it at all. Irie has had to go back into the first grade to learn the rudiments of arithmetic, geography, grammar, etc. Last night, Talby, the eldest, who is very opinionated, took occasion to enter a general protest against innovations such as nightgowns, toothbrushes, fine combs, and the like, and wound up by arraigning the school methods of cooking. "'Them little small biscuits you all have don't make half of a good bite,' he declared. "'You women!' he continued severely. Think you know so much and lay down so many laws and by Ned, you don't even know how to boil beans. How should beans be cooked? I inquired. A pot of stream beans calls for a big chunk of fat pork and about four handful of lard throwed in to be fitting to eat, he said. I hain't tasted a ripe bean since I come here. This afternoon arrived a solemn little man of eleven from over on Clinch, named Hosea Fields, to take the one vacant spot. When Jason came up from his bath tonight, he rolled up his gown sleeve and held out a pink arm to me. "'Just feel my muscle,' he said. "'Oh, I'm so nervy.' "'I reckon he is,' said Keats. "'I seed him lay out three at a time of them little primaries at recess to-day.' Last time it was two. Now it is three. Of course, these reports must be exaggerated. Such a baby could not be so warlike. Taking him in my arms and giving him a good hug, I said, Jason, dear, I want you to remember that it is wrong for little boys to fight. Objections to bathing have been withdrawn, and the boys for some nights have gone to the wash-house with such alacrity that my suspicions were aroused and I found they were taking advantage of their nude condition and freedom from interruption to do great stunts of fighting, the bathing being entirely lost sight of. I have been compelled to make a rule that each boy must present himself in his clean gown after his bath at my door for inspection of head, ears, neck, and feet. 
End of chapter 6